0: a very good evening to all of us from wherever you are receiving this broadcast the lord bless you as we prepare ourselves prepare our hearts just to receive what the lord has in store for us as we continue with our study on the book of matthew today we enter into lesson number three and lesson number three want to look at Matthew chapter uh, 1, from verse 18 to 25. Basically, finish chapter 1. Matthew chapter 5, chapter 1, sorry, verse 18 to 25. So let us pray together as we find our way to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 25. Father in Jesus' name, I thank you this evening for who you are, for the blessings upon us, O God, and for the things that you do, King of glory. You are an awesome God. You are a glorious God. You are a wonderful God. Therefore, we submit ourselves unto you, King of glory, for that nothing will hinder us from receiving that which you have in store for us, King of glory, Help us to cover much ground. Help us to understand. Help us, O oh God, to apply that which you are going to teach us through today's study in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you and we bless you. I speak understanding upon my dear listeners that, Father, by your Spirit you shall just interpret and, Lord, break down every um, word that you intend us to capture this day in the name of jesus christ give us understanding let your spirit of revelation and wisdom and knowledge rest upon us as we go through this study in jesus name we pray amen amen so welcome once again and so we go straight into the word of god First uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 25. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with the child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. for he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22, so all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. <clears throat> Amen. So we are looking at this short um, portion of scripture that we've read. I just want to entitle it Preparation for the Coming of the savior preparation for the coming of the savior and we see joseph joseph receives a message and <clears throat> initially wants to escape from the responsibility that god places upon him because it doesn't look like it is from god from the way things are happening How can Mary be expectant, out of wedlock, and then God is telling me to marry that lady? No, 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 no. you know? And he wanted to get rid of Mary uh, secretly. But we will learn some few things about Joseph that can challenge us when it comes to preparation for the coming of the Savior. God comes to us in different ways, as we will see, as we go through uh this portion of scripture and in all these different ways in which god comes to us they are to ultimately prepare us for the final return of the lord jesus christ and so last time we had uh, studied about the genealogy and learned a number of things and as i was finishing i'd said we'll talk about the birth of jesus but as i was preparing i just felt the lord lead me differently that we need just to uh, deal with this portion and then once we come into chapter two we will see the actual birth of the lord jesus christ and so we see um that there are three steps in a jewish marriage and step number one the two families agreed to the union so uh A young man is spotted and a young man is spotted and the two families would agree that the two people can get married. And now once the the families have agreed, then the next step would be taken and this would be a public announcement that the two people intend to get married. What the Jewish people would call betrothal. And that's the word that is used in verse 18 of Matthew chapter 1. Mary was betrothed to Joseph. So it was publicly announced that these two were intending to get married. And so number two was a public announcement was made. And as I said, known as a betrothal. And some versions say, and the woman is said to be espoused to the man. This is similar to what we call engagement today only that their relationship could be broken, could not be broken. Sorry, uh, this is what we refer to as engagement today. Yeah? And we are saying, um, <clears throat> this is similar to what we call engagement today, only that their relationship could be broken only through death or divorce. So for them, even before the formal marriage, you cannot break an engagement. It was something that was taken very, very seriously. In the days of the Old Testament, coming into the New Testament, and even today in Jewish culture, there isn't much room for dating. You go straight into engagement, and an engagement is taken very, very seriously. And so for an engagement to be broken, by the way, it needs a rabbi to come and there must be very very genuine reasons for an engagement to be broken so the only way you could break an an engagement was through death or divorce though in the jewish culture at the point of betrothal or engagement sexual um Uh, involvement was not allowed. It was not permitted. Sexual relations relations were not permitted. This was a much more binding relationship than a modern engagement and could only be broken by divorce or death, as we have said. And as I've mentioned, uh, <clears throat> those days and even today, a rabbi had to be involved and there had to be a very genuine reason for the engagement to be broken. In Deuteronomy chapter 22 and verse 24, a betrothed woman is referred to or is called a wife, though the preceding verse, as we've seen um, in Matthew, speaks of her as being pledged to be married. Matthew uses uses the terms husband in verse 19 and wife, verse 24, on Mary and Joseph before they were officially married. And so the third step, excuse me, that we see in the Jewish marriage was the couple was officially married and started living together. And so this involved a ceremony like we see in John chapter 2. Jesus attends a a, a wedding in Cana where you are officially blessed by the rabbi and some religious officials and you are considered husband, uh, the, 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 the couple is considered husband and wife, and now they can start living together after that. So because Mary and Joseph were betrothed, Mary's apparent unfaithfulness carried a severe social stigma. According to Jewish civil law, Joseph had a right to divorce Mary, and the Jewish authorities could have, have, could have had Mary stoned to death that point in time and this penalty we see from the law of moses in deuteronomy chapter 22 uh verse 23 to 24. deuteronomy chapter 22 verse 23 to 24. so verse 18 of matthew chapter 1 as we've read why was the virgin birth of jesus important to the christian faith jesus christ god's son had to be free from the sinful nature passed on to all human beings by Adam. Because he was born of a woman, he was a human being. But because he was the son of God, he was born without any trace of human sin. He was both fully human and fully divine. And because Jesus lived as a man, we know that he fully understands our experiences and struggles. Hebrews chapter 4, Verse fifteen to nine. Although it verse nineteen, the Bible says he is touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Jesus knows and understands what we go through, because he is God. He has the power and authority to deliver us from sin. Colossians chapter two, verse thirteen to fifteen. We can tell him all our thoughts, all our feelings, and all our needs. He has been where we are now and he has the ability to help hallelujah and so from verse 18 to 25 of matthew chapter one as we've read we can see joseph was faced with a difficult choice after discovering that mary was pregnant although he knew that mary uh uh, as his wife um sorry Although he knew that taking Mary as his wife could be humiliating, he chose to obey the angel's command to marry her. We are living in an era where the enemy has thrown a lot of uncertainty in the lives of believers. Many are not clear on the direction that God wants them to take. The example of Joseph is a good one. Joseph listened to what the Lord spoke through the angel and even in the dream, and obeyed that which the Lord spoke. And so the enemy can throw in a lot of things to take advantage of the fact that many of us maybe have not built the discipline of listening, of hearing God's voice, hearing God's word, and therefore we lack direction. Friends, God is still speaking in this season and in these times, and we only need to be patient, we only need to be diligent, we only need to be disciplined to wait upon him, and God will speak as he is doing. God, he is God, and he is true to his word. Verse 19, we see Joseph thought that he, only, he had only two options, divorce Mary quietly or have her stoned, both according to the law. However, God had a third option, and the third option was for Joseph to marry Mary. <clears throat> and this we see between verse 20 to 23. In view of the circumstances, this had not occurred to Joseph, but God often shows us that there are more options available than we think. Although Joseph seems to be doing right by breaking the engagement, only God's guidance helped him make the best decision. So, brother, sister, you might be thinking over something, you might be grappling with something, and you feel like all options have uh, 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 are not working. My friend, there's the best option. Just go back to the Lord Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Share it with Jesus. Leave it at the feet of Jesus Christ. My brother, my sister you will be surprised. When our decisions affect the lives of others, we must always seek God's wisdom. If you've reached the end of yourself, brother, sister, seek God's wisdom. And we see verse 19, the one we are just referring, it refers to Joseph as a righteous man. NIV uses the word righteous. The New King James Version and the King James Version use the word a just man. To the Jews, this meant being zealous in keeping the law. Joseph was willing to sign the legal papers, um, but not have Mary judged publicly and stoned, as we've referred to Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 23 to 24. And between verse 20 23 we see the angel declared to joseph that mary's child was conceived by the holy spirit and would be a son this reveals an important truth about jesus jesus is both god and man god took on the limitations of humanity so he could live and die for the salvation of all who believe in him and in verse 20 we see the conception and birth of jesus are supernatural events beyond human logic or reasoning and because of this god sent angels to help god sends angels to help certain people to understand the significance of what was happening as we have seen in matthew chapter 2 and verse uh, as as we've seen in this case uh, where the angel appears to joseph matthew chapter 2 and verse 13 also the angel appears eh, and speaks Uh, verse 19 also of Matthew chapter 2, the angel appears, Luke chapter 1 and verse 11, verse 26 of chapter 1 also, uh, the book of Luke, Luke chapter 2 and verse 9, we see the angel appears. Angels are spiritual beings created by God who carry out his work on earth. And so God is still speaking. He can speak through angels and we've seen he can also speak through dreams. Note, There are both good and bad angels, as we see in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 7. But because the bad angels are allied with Satan, they have considerably less power and authority. Eventually, the main role of angels will be to offer continuous praise and worship before God, as we see in Revelation chapter 19, verse 1 to 3. And if we go to continue with verse 20, It talks about dreams, the second way in which God also speaks to us. So, in a dream, the phrase occurs five times in the first two chapters of the book of Matthew. So, in chapter 1, as we've seen here, verse 20, then chapter 2, verse 12 to 13, and also verse 19 and verse 22. This indicates the means that God uses to speak to Joseph. We see many other areas in scripture where God uses dreams to speak to various people. In this season of divine enlargement, enlargement, we might need to prepare for angelic visits, for dreams, for visions, as the Lord pleases. And as the Lord passes some crucial instruction or urgent message. The bottom line, brethren, is that God still speaks. And when there are things that are need urgent attention, God might send his angel. God might give a very clear dream or vision or trance, as it were, to put across his message. The question is are we building capacity? Are we preparing ourselves? From the way Joseph responds to God, you can tell somebody who had prepared himself. Verse 21, Jesus means savior. Jesus came to the earth to save us because we can't save ourselves from sin's consequences. No matter how good we are, we cannot eliminate the sinful nature present in all of us. Only Jesus can do that. Jesus meets us in our sin, but his purpose is to save us from our sins. Just as we are, Jesus comes to us and then he brings out, out, brings us out of our sinful situation. He saves us first from the penalty of sin, then from the power of sin, and finally from the presence of sin. Jesus didn't come to help people to save themselves. He came to, the, uh, to be the saviour From the power and penalty of sin. Salvation from sin is an element in the Old Testament. If you have time, look at Isaiah chapter 53, look at Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31 to 34, also look at Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 24 to 31. And we see it coming out in this messianic expectation. Matthew does it in such a way that the reader should not expect the more popular hope of a national liberator at that time. The Jewish people were waiting for somebody to deliver them from the Roman rulers or the Roman Empire. But Jesus came to save his people from sin and not the Roman rulers. Because ultimately, once we are saved from sin, then we are delivered from every other form of bondage. Wonderfully, it says, his people, verse 21, eh? Jesus came to save his people from sin. If it had said God's people, it would have been thought that it was reserved for the Jewish people alone. It isn't belonging to Abraham that brings salvation from sin. It is belonging to Jesus that brings salvation from sin. It is being one of his people that brings us salvation from sin. And so verse 22, we see the Bible talks that it might be fulfilled. Matthew uses the word fulfill. Matthew talks of the Old Testament being fulfilled. That is events in the New Testament times that were prophesied in the Old Testament. This is a powerful testimony of the divine origin of scripture and its accuracy, even in small details. In the fulfillments, we also see the writer's concern for linking the gospel with the Old Testament. So Matthew says that it might be fulfilled. This is the first use of this important phrase, which will become a familiar theme throughout Matthew. And in verse 23, we see Jesus was to be called Emmanuel, as predicted by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14. This is the first among at least 47 potations, most of them messianic, that Matthew takes from the Old Testament. The title of Jesus, Emmanuel, excuse me, refers to both his deity, his godly nature, God with us, his presence by his Holy Spirit, God with us, and his presence in us or his nearness to man, that is still God with us. God being inside of us, in our hearts, being close to us, we feel him in times of many situations, we feel him. So God is near us. Jesus was God in the flesh, thus God was literally among us. Through the Holy Spirit, God is present today in the life of every believer. Perhaps not even Isaiah understood how far-reaching the meaning of Emmanuel would be. Therefore, Jesus is God with us, by the influence of the Holy Spirit in the Lord's table, in the preaching of his word, in private prayer, and in every action of our lives that we begin, continue, and end in his name. God is with us, brethren. He is God with us to comfort, to enlighten, to protect and defend us. In every time of temptation and trial, he is God with us to comfort, to enlighten, to protect, to defend us. In the hour of sickness, or even in the times of death. In the day of judgment. Remember Daniel in the lion's den. Remember the three Hebrew boys as they were thrown in the fiery furnace. The world had judged them and condemned them. But Jesus, God is with us. God was with these Hebrew boys as the world passed judgment. Friends, whatever the world says about you, it does not matter as long as Jesus, the Lord, is with you. Emmanuel, God with us. God is with us and in us, and we with him and in him. Emmanuel shows how low God bent down to save man. He added the nature of one of his own creatures to his own divine nature, accepting the weakness, the frailities, and dependency that the creatures experience. So Emmanuel shows what a great miracle it was that God could add a human nature, could add human nature to his own and still remain God. Only God can do that. Emmanuel shows the compatibility between the unfallen or the, the state of man before he fell, eh? Eh? the unfallen human nature and the divine nature, that the two could be joined shows that we are truly made in the image of God. Emmanuel shows that we come to him, we come to Jesus. If he has come to us, then we can come to him. Then if Jesus be God with us, in other words, Emmanuel, let us come to God without any question or hesitancy. Charles Spurgeon says, whoever you may be, you need no priest or intercessor to introduce you to God, for God has introduced Himself to you. John Wesley died with uh, with that uh, thought of Emmanuel upon his tongue, and he says, "Let us live uh, with it upon our hearts. The best of all is God with us." John Wesley says, "The best of all." Is God with us. The message of the virgin birth is given to Joseph. Joseph did what God told him to do. He called his name Jesus as directed by the angel of God. Jesus was a fairly common name in those days. However, in this case it had a genuine great meaning and would come to be the greatest name, the name above all names remember brethren we are talking about preparation for the coming of the savior <clears throat> and this we can learn from the life of joseph we learned something about joseph and his action revealed four admirable qualities number one stern principle Joseph was a principled man. From verse 19, he was ready to go by the Jewish laws, by the Jewish principles, which according to him, that was the right thing to do. That was the acceptable thing to do according to the law then. However, we also see when he gets to understand what God wants him to do, he stands by what God wants him to do, knowing very well the danger that came about with obeying God in this particular issue. A man of stern principle. He was ready to stand out from the crowd. The crowd might have dictated otherwise, but he chose to stand by what God wanted him to do a principled man number two joseph was a man of discretion and sensitivity we also still see this this in verse 19 verse 19 of chapter one he did not want to embarrass mary he did not want to shame mary and thought of putting her away privately Remember the adulterous woman in John chapter 8? The people brought her before Jesus and publicly shamed her, publicly condemned her, publicly judged her. Joseph did not want to do the same thing. He was a man of discretion. He was a man of sensitivity. And that reminds me, how do we deal with the saints in our midst who might fall in one way or another, who might be caught up in sin? Do we look for the earliest opportunity to embarrass them? Or do we seek a way of bringing them back to the fold? Number three, Joseph was a man of responsiveness to God. Responsiveness to God. Verse number 24, Matthew chapter 1. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. Joseph obeyed the angel's instruction. Joseph changed his plans quickly after learning that Mary had not been unfaithful to him. He obeyed God and proceeded with the marriage plans. Although others may have disapproved of of his decision, Joseph went ahead with what he knew was right. Sometimes we avoid doing right because of what others may think. Like Joseph, we must choose to obey God rather than seek the approval of others. And point number four, something we learned from Joseph, the aspect of self-discipline. Self-discipline, verse 25. And he did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Joseph never touched Mary until she not only gave birth, but followed through step three of the marital process, emphasizing uh, step three of the marital process, which means they got married legally before. Joseph could know her wife uh, uh, physically. So this emphasizes that Jesus was conceived miraculously. This also dismisses the claim by certain faiths of the perpetual virginity of Mary. Mary had biological children later on with the husband, who is Joseph. So by studying Joseph, we can see how to prepare for the return of our Savior, for the coming of our Savior. Joseph's obedience is notable. He did not doubt or waver. He instantly understood the truth and the importance of the angelic messenger that came to him in the dream. The strength of what we believe is measured by how much we are willing to suffer for those beliefs. Joseph was a man of strong beliefs. He was prepared to do what was right, despite the pain he knew it would cause. And brethren, preparing for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, at times it will cause us pain. At times it will cause us uh, 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 challenging moments. But we need to stand by what God has told us. Joseph also had another trait. He not only tried to do that which was right, he tried to do it, In the right way. So, as much as uh, 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 Joseph was doing the right thing, he not only did the right thing, he did the right thing in the right way. And so, brethren, so many of us are serving God, but the question is are we serving God in the right way? I might be standing there leading worship, but in me there is jealousy, there is envy, there is hatred. There's competition, you know, things that do not please God. So I might be doing the right thing, but am I doing it in the right way? Oh, yes, I might be that active usher. I might be that consistent intercessor. But I am the same person who is in competition with my other brethren. I, I might be that person that is gossiping behind the brother, the sister's back. Yet I seem to be doing the right thing. But brother, sister, am I doing it in the right way? I come before God even before I sort out things with other people. God wants us not only to do the right thing. God wants us to do it in the right way. Hallelujah. Oh, I might be ministering with bitterness, with anger, with hypocrisy. Uh -uh, God wants me to go to the next step and do it in the right way. When Joseph learned from Mary about her pregnancy, Joseph knew the child was not his. However, his respect for Mary, his respect for Mary's character, and the story that she told him, as well as her attitude towards the expected child, must have made it hard to think that his bride had done something wrong. Still, humanly speaking, humanly thinking, someone else else was the child was the, sorry was the child's father and it was difficult to accept that someone else this someone else was god let us be careful the way we treat brethren who might have fallen let's be graceful joseph wanted to do it to do away with mary secretly but the lord spoke to him. So it is easy to judge, it is easy to jump into conclusions without finding out the correct position, without finding out the exact situation. Let us be graceful as we deal with brethren, even if they have fallen, even if they have failed. Let us be graceful as we deal with them. Joseph wanted to break the engagement, but was determined to do it in a way that would not cause public shame to Mary. He intended to act with justice and love according to the law then. God sends a messenger to Joseph to to confirm Mary's story and confirm another way of obedience for Joseph. Joseph took Mary as his wife. Joseph obeyed God, married Mary, and honoured her virginity until the baby was born. I do not know how long Joseph lived his role as Jesus' earthly father. He is last featured when Jesus was 12 years old. What I know is that Joseph trained his son in the trade of carpentry, made sure he had good spiritual training in Nazareth and took the whole family on the yearly pilgrimage or trip to Jerusalem for the Passover, which Jesus continued to observe during his adult days. And so we can see Joseph not only prepared himself, he also prepared the children, Jesus included. Joseph knew Jesus was someone special from the moment he heard the angel's words. Joseph's strong belief in the fact and his willingness to follow God's leading enabled him to be Jesus' chosen earthly father. We ought to prepare ourselves and our young ones as well. Joseph is a good example of someone who prepared for the Saviour, for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. How are we faring on this front? The fact that we have Jesus in us means God has given us the privilege of salvation here on earth, a clear indicator of how much God values us. So brethren, the best way to prepare for the coming of the Lord Jesus is to be in touch with God. We are going through a season of prayer and fasting. This is to help us to be in touch with God. God may come in various ways, as we've said. However, His final uh, 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 um, uh, uh, coming matters a lot. And we need to prepare by being part of his constant visitations through the ministry of the word, through prayer, and through various other uh, 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 um, uh, mediums. As you've said, it could be through dreams. It could be through angels. And in this season of divine enlargement, I believe God is preparing a mighty visitation for his people. Will you be part of it or will you be left out? Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, we bless you, we honor you, we adore you. We magnify your holy name, Father, that, Lord, you are preparing us to be a people that will be ready for your coming. The example of Joseph is a clear model, oh God, on how to prepare for your coming. Joseph did not allow his human feelings to interfere with your directives and though at times he felt to do thing he fe- felt like doing things as a human being he still waited upon you and went by that which you told him to do father help us this day that we shall not be caught up in earthly distractions and fleshly desires that will cause us to miss out on your coming, O God. Help us to be sensitive to the leading of your spirit. Help us to respond to the calling of God upon our lives. Help us to move by the directives you give, by the direction you show, O God like Joseph, King of Glory, that we shall not miss out on our divine visitation simply because we looked at something, simply because we approached a situation in the flesh. Father, help us to arise, and like Joseph, King of Glory, all be disciplined in waiting upon you, in pleasing you, O God, in living right, in pursuing holiness, in pursuing righteousness, in pursuing purity, that, Lord, we may stand and declare your greatness, your goodness, and your word, my Father. We shall obey unwavering King of glory in the name of Jesus. I pray for my listeners that we shall prepare each one of us for your soon return. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless us. God bless you. Let us prepare for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. God bless you.